The Radiant Podcast, episode 76. We're back for more. It's January 2020. Nam just happened. Kevin KDE Beats is here on the couch. Bradley D is also here on the couch. We on this couch. Ziggy Ziggy B. We in this couch. (laughs) Ziggy B's chilling. All right, today we're going to be talking about six ways to have your song competing with or sounding as good as anything on the radio. What's our biggest, biggest thing here, Kev? Like, what's number six? Let's let's not let's not start with the biggest thing. Let's save that for the last, so that you guys got to watch all the way to the end to get to the number one biggest thing to get your music up there. And I know you guys been waiting for this because this is some important stuff. We're talking about music. We're talking about a product. We're talking about uh, something that you can make money on for the rest of your life. You said number six. No, did you? you that's your job. No, you said number six. You had one job. He says, no, I'm trying to get to five. <laughs> All right, so number six, recording. I think recording is very important, but as technology has gotten better and better and better, especially if you're an artist and you're just you know rapping or you're just singing or whatever, I think you can record yourself pretty well. Just watch some YouTube tutorials, right? Get a decent setup. You can get an Apollo uh, Twin for, what, 800 bucks. Um, you can get, uh, sometimes they do like offers with the 1073 preamps or whatever, like modules of, uh, preamps sound incredible. Grab a, uh, whatever microphone you can really afford. But I think like the ATH, uh, um, audio technica, like the 40 series are really good for the price. Um, if you got a little more to spend to go with a 414 and if you got a little more, uh, than that, then, um, you're you're starting to get into like the the two thousand to five thousand dollar range, should be like a U eighty seven. A lot of people have TLM one hundred threes that we're using here. These are really clean. Uh, you can get a really good clean recording, but I think the most important important part, if you important you're, part, the important part, <laughs> the important part about recording is the environment you're in, right? So if you can keep it really quiet. Um, the other day, Kevin was in here working on on a, an artist that we work with a lot. And he had recorded something, and he's like, yeah, Brad, I'm trying to get this dog bark out of this recording. <laughs> Remember that? Yep. So this is really important, keeping the noise outside. Keep it outside, right? And um, anything you can do to keep the quietness and the reflections from splashing around. They have, like, those uh, those eyeballs, right? They, you oh, put, those things suck. I don't know. I've never used them. But you can use something like that, like a filter or something to, like, kind of keep the, the microphone noise tighter. All right, let's let's get in some practical tips for recording yourself. No matter what you're using, there's certain things you can do to Pop make filter. your recording. <laughs> yeah, of course, duh. Uh, Not a no. lot of people know that. So though. the the first thing, get your mic out of the corner of the room. That's like a huge one that a lot of people yeah, do. Always. Um, that's where all the the muddiness, the boxiness, all the bad shit builds up, and it makes uh, your recording sound very very uh, boxy, one dimensional yeah. when it needs to be three. <laughs> yeah. So that goes to the next thing. What Brad just did is uh, back up from the mic a little bit because um, there's something called proximity effect, and that's like a huge problem in a lot of amateur recordings and stuff like that. Um, especially on lower end mics, they have really bad problems with proximity. Yeah. So, um, and sibilance, <laughs> sibilance, proximity, those two things. Uh, the next thing I would say is, uh, do acoustics with whatever you have. Um, a good, a good example is maybe like if you're, if you're recording in your bedroom, flip your bed all the way up. So it's like standing straight up. I've done it so many times. And what it does is like, Hey, you got this huge wall trapping. Cause that's what yeah. it's, it's that mattress foam. It's got stuff on it and it's going to absorb. Mattresses are really great at that. 
and then use pillows, blankets. Um, you know, don't you? You could go really ham with it with blankets, but um, you know, just be practical. Yeah. Um, the most important part to to um, really cover is behind you. Uh, the mic, most of these mics have pretty good off-axis rejection, so they're not picking up what's behind the mic, which is what a lot of yep. these things offer, like all these reflection filters are blocking the back of the mic. When that's really not the hugest problem, it's really the stuff behind you because uh, it's a cardioid pickup pattern. It's picking up everything uh, in front of the mic, which is your face, but then also it's a little bit wider than that, so it's picking up everything over your shoulders. And uh, like I said, the probably the best way to do this is flip the mattress up. Yeah, Brad has a lot of experience with that. Yeah, um, flipped a lot of mattresses in my time. Next thing, really important, and this happens all the time in a lot of amateur recordings, is turn your preamps down. Make sure you're not clipping. There's a lot of issues. Clipping like will distort your signal and add a lot of noise and bad stuff in your recording. And yes, you can declip technically, but uh, there's nothing artifacts. There's nothing better than a clean recording, and that's kind of what I'm talking about right now is getting a clean recording. So uh, just make sure you're not hitting um, your audio interface too hard, uh, especially the lower-end interfaces. They sound really bad. Those uh, those mic pre's when they clip just sound super tinny and terrible. Um <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, the I think maybe what the last thing you got you want to throw any um, no starter, I think I think that's tips on recording? I think that's plenty. You should take a breath. Um, that brings us to number five, which is mixing. And I think that recording, if you are in a environment where you're using like an Apollo and you're in a bedroom or a project studio, leave it up to the mix engineer to add color and vibe to your vocal. Like I can't express how important this is we get recordings all the time where artists are trying to do too much like you're not an engineer maybe you know like maybe you just got to give that up give that part up practice like just making sure your gain staging is good you're not clipping on the capsule you're not you know proximity effect all the stuff kev said get a clean recording right and then give it to the mixing engineer because the worst thing is is when people have like processed or compressed on the way in or tried to do stuff with the vocal uh, and then give it to us. It's like, we got to just go fix all those problems. We get a bunch of phase issues, a bunch of weird shit going on and we have to go and fix it as mixing engineers. Um, so mixing is super important. If you're trying to compete with like radio records, there's there, you can't compete with radio records without a really good mix. And, um, it's number five on the list because there are more important things than just mixing, but these things all work together. And I don't want to like say like, oh, number one is most important and number six is the least important. All of this stuff is important and it all matters. Like the better you can get at recording, mixing, doing all these things, we'll get to four five, we'll get to four, three, two, and one, but the better you can get with all of these things, the better product you're going to have, no matter what. And the art can always be better. The ideas can always be better, whatever. But some of this is not subjective. Some of this is like, that sounds good, right? People are going to go, that's great. Love it. So mixing is a really important part of this. Yeah, let's talk about why why mixing is important. And it kind of just to summarize a podcast that we uh, just dropped. Yeah, episode about 75. Mixing. Go yeah, check 75. that out. So if you check out 75, you'll understand why mixing matters. But like just to give the, the quick rundown on that is translation. A, you got to make sure your song can play on every medium and then it, it sounds the same or has the same intention. Uh, like, you know, things like low end if you're mixing in Facts. a bad room in your own headphones, stuff like that. 
like that. Um, you know, there's problems that, you know, hey, you made your song sound really good on your setup in your bedroom or on your headphones. Yeah, sounds sick. How does that sound in every other place? Sounds in great planet? in your car. You know, when, when the, A&R, the A&R is playing that on... Um, you know, say in, in a studio, Capitol Records, Atlantic Records, yeah. uh, Interscope, whatever. Uh, they're sitting in studios and they're listening to these things. And uh, when they play that, that's got to sound just as good. Yeah, it really you know does. I mean? As every major artist dropping. Yeah, we talked about this in episode 75, so definitely check that out. Yeah, we go like 10 levels deep on it. So. Yeah, there, there's so much to mixing that, that you're not thinking about. Maybe like building partnerships with an engineer that can actually get you more placements, can get you connected with better producers, can you know help connect you to publishers, songwriters, um, singers, get art, you in the studio, art people, all sorts of videographers. stuff. Yeah, and if you're dealing with a professional mix engineer, we do professional mixing here at Radium. If you are interested, shameless plug. There's a link in the in the description um, because we're always trying to help people get better mixes and recordings and product all the way around because that's what you know. I mean, you want to be part of the success story, right? Like, oh, that thing got this guy's platinum now. Oh yeah, we helped him get there. You know, I want to be a part of that. Um, so, speaking of product, what's next, Brad? Yeah, I mean, you know, mixing is like, mixing is something that I can't really, uh, it's really hard because it's its own art, but it's a huge part of the product, the final product. Um, A mix engineer can be just as artistic as the songwriter, as the singer, as anything else to bring out those things that you're lacking, that you're like, I can't figure out why my song doesn't sound as good as that radio hit. More than likely, mixing is a huge percentage of that. Just saying. So don't skimp on mixing. You got a guy that's doing it for 50 bucks, 100 bucks. He's not mixing your record. <laughs> or sometimes you don't. <laughs> He's not mixing your record. They say they say you get what you pay for. Yeah, you get what you pay for. <laughs> sometimes you're getting, you know, you're actually, you should have them pay you. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, number, I don't know. This is a hard one because, like, I'm like, I'm always tossed up with all this stuff because there's so much that goes into making a great record, right? But um, as we look at this, like, number four, I have recording quality, um, but I think it's out of uh, I think it's out of out of uh, arrangement here. Yeah, so let's talk about arrangement. You want to you you want me to go? I did no, a no, whole no. speech on arrangement. No, no. Number four is collab. I just okay. found my notes. So collab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to hit it? You want me to hit it? We'll get to the arrangement, Kev. I know you're you're excited. Your to get boy, to the your boy guy, your boy got all the all the answers. Yeah, but collaboration collaboration <laughs> is really important. Um, a lot of the times I think if you lack something as a as an artist, somebody else can help kind of pick up that thing, but you can learn from that person. So like if you work with another artist, a lot of artists are so concerned with like, oh bro, I don't do features, I don't have features on my records. Like, dude, if you're if you're not like the baby or like the hottest thing right now, you don't get to talk like that. You should be doing features. I'm lit, Brad. What are you talking about? You should be I'm collaborating. Here. You should be working with different producers. You should be trying to find your voice, especially if you have like, you know, you got the dreaded less than 1,000 plays on any of your songs on Spotify or anywhere else. You should be collaborating always. You should be trying to find your sound because a lot of artists I find that haven't collaborated enough don't have their own sound. They don't know what they're going for. They literally are like, they're a sound alike. Like, oh, you try, you're, I see, I can hear exactly who you're trying to be, you know? And you hear that, right, Kev? Like, yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, you want to be Mariah Carey, we get it. Or, oh, you're a Drake ripoff, we get it. But if you start collaborating with people, you start to find your voice on their tracks, 
they find their voice on your tracks. You start working with other people. You start to realize what you like and what you don't like. And I think that's super important. I think collaborating is massively important, especially in 2020, the age of the internet. Everybody's connected. We're global. Collaborate. Get no into cap. It. No cap. Don't <laughs> cap yourself. No, no, no. Speaking of cap. Um, so <laughs> Speaking of cap. <laughs> people, people like have a ceiling and then they like literally can't break through it. So they make like two types of records because yeah. that's all they're comfortable with. Yeah, you know yeah I mean? exactly. Collaborating pushes you out of your comfort zone. Uh, I've, I like to see every human as like a set of, like they're a toolbox. Yeah. You know what I mean? They have these set of things. They got their colors. They yeah, got, yeah. They got, they got their, their swag, their styles, or, you know, cause everyone's learned a little bit different. For you sure. Know what I mean? So, um, you're really, when you're collaborating, you're, you're working with people's different, you know, toolboxes and what they can do. And on an artistic level, like sometimes it's just an artist collaborating with another producer versus trying to make their own beats or, you know what I mean? Right. So when you start working with other people, like all of a sudden, um, they're putting a new swag on the drums that's making you rap different, sing different, facts, hit a different octave. You know what I mean? Producers, we're a toolbox too. We do, you know, this is craft, so we all have like inherent things that yeah. are learned. Like, oh, I always write in A and A minor. Brad knows that. I'll oh, check me. out what I'm gonna do to your vocals here. <laughs> okay, I want you to stack this part. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, you're doing vocal production, and yeah, they're a like, producer, Whoa, that's kind of tight. A producer will have like their little uh, chains, their effect chains, and yeah, stuff like truth. that, and that'll change truth. the way you hit the track and stuff. Yeah. So I mean, there's just a lot of things like that toolbox. You're you're kind of dipping into different toolboxes, and you're making different types of music, different records. Um, and you're adding to your own toolbox. Yeah. I find a lot of times when I collaborate with people, I'm like, yo, I like that shit. I'm going to just take that and add it to my toolbox. You like it? It's yeah. mine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh, that shit he did with the, he chopped that shit. I'm going to do that on this, you know? So it's cool. You can definitely like, and that's like, dude, this is, this is like bonuses, right? Like yeah. you collaborate with someone, maybe even do a paid feature, paid collaboration thing. Like you get in the studio. I know there's all this hate on like, people are scamming people with paid collabs. Yeah. Okay, cool. You're getting scammed. Don't get scammed. Like don't, just don't do that again. Who yeah. doesn't deserve to <laughs> yeah, get in the room with them, get on Skype with them, get on whatever. Like, but if you're getting scammed, cool. I'm sorry. Like you lost a hundred bucks. You lost 200 bucks. Get over it. It's not that big of a deal. Now, there's full podcasts on that. That's why I'm I'm like just calling that out because it's so dumb to worry about that as an artist. I'm getting scammed, man. Dude, you have less than a thousand streams on your Spotify. Don't worry about getting scammed. All right. Uh, but the biggest thing is, is like when you collaborate with people and like Kevin's saying, like beat makers, producers, um, recording, even you go to a studio and you pay someone to record you and they start like showing you shit. You're like, oh, damn. Picking up game. Yeah. And then you do it at your home studio and then your recordings are better. Wow. This is great. You know, you can yeah. ask questions. You can, you can, you can get mentoring for the same price that you paid for the recording session or the production or whatever. Let me give a famous example here on um, some paid collaboration. Yeah. So, if you're if you're into rap music, you're probably pretty aware of two artists, Little Baby and Gunna. So, Little Baby uh, started rapping after Gunna did. Hmm. Um, Little Baby used to pay Gunna to write his verses on songs. Nice. And this is as Little Baby was learning how to rap. So he he didn't really know how to write his own raps or flow, but he mm -hmm. would pay Gunna to write the thing, and then he would smart basically rewrap it. And then eventually he got to the point where he could write his own stuff, and then you know he he didn't need that anymore. But you yeah. know what I mean? That's why they sound similar is because you know they, See? they were just together. they just took from it's, the toolbox. He's to like that's him, mine you know now. I mean? So yeah, yeah. Same thing with same with thing with Drake and and all the writers he's had over yeah. time. You know, 
Like he, they all sound like each other and it's cool. Like that's, that's art. That's how it works. So all this stuff is working together and it's hard not to mention the other thing as we go through this list. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, here's number three and I'm gonna let Kev get on in on this because he did like a whole, you know, live talk about arrangement and arrangement is super important if you're trying to compete or even make radio records because it really is a formula. Amen, sister. <laughs> Take it away. Okay, so for arrangement, yeah, I did a whole spiel. Radium Workshops, we'll plug that. That's right. Hopefully we can do some soon. Oh, yeah. You know I mean? we'll, we'll do another Radium Workshop. That was fun. Absolutely. Shout out to everyone who came. Yeah. But if you're there, you heard me talk about Y'all arrangement. Y'all are the real stars. <laughs> I love that. All right, now go ahead. Arrangement. Arrangement. Um, so radio records, uh, if you're looking at hits, it's literally science. Like They have it broken down into scientific formulas and there's a reason why it's based off of um, psychology and how humans mm-hmm. kind of um, uh, perceive things. So, I mean, there's obvious things that all humans probably should know. Like the more repetitive a song is, mm-hmm. uh, the, the more times you can put hook in a song, the better. Earworms. Um, but yeah, we'll start like usually you want to, uh, if we're talking modern music, you want to like have a very short intro to no intro. Facts. Get to the meat. Get to the get to the get point. to the chorus, which is the the most important yeah. part of the song. Yeah, bring us to that on hook. radio records. Yeah, and then um, as far as the rest of the song, um, that's where you can really get tricky with it. But uh, most songs now are two minutes thirty seconds. Yeah, to three minutes. Three minutes is long now. I feel yeah. like on songs, and um, really people aren't really doing bridges. So right. uh, don't worry about bridges. Um, now pause. I want to make sure all you guys and girls out there getting butt hurt right now, like, fuck you, man. I'm an artist. And I'm just, man, I just do what I want. We're talking radio. Talking about radio. Not <laughs> talking about you. So, cool. Do your do your music. Do the long form. Do the four minute, 30 second thing. But then cut it down to two minutes and 45 seconds for the radio. They call it a radio edit. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I just want to make sure that we're clear here because, you know, you get those comments. You're like, well, yeah, we know. We get it. Yeah, I'm probably yeah, the the go go crazy in the comment sections. We can argue. Yeah. I don't care. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> but the but I guess the to summarize without giving the long form cuz maybe we we'll, we have footage of that um event and we'll have to we'll have to go back and yeah, yeah. that sometime. But yeah, cuz um, you did a whole whole Yeah, yeah. Live I got real on scientific on it and broke down some very popular. He said, songs. "Exhibit A over here with the pointer." Yeah. Let me show you. Uh, the intro should be exactly, <laughs> well, scientifically speaking. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> we'll get that out there sometime if you want. Um, if you if you want the the deep dive, but uh, really, make your songs short. Um, make them repetitive. Uh, so put a lot of hooks in there, and then within your hooks, make it repetitive. Yeah. <laughs> make the hook repetitive. And I think like an important part of arrangement has a lot to do with the instrumentation and where things are placed and taking people on a journey. Like if a new thing comes in that I wasn't expecting, that's going to be exciting to me. Like you don't have to give away everything up front. Not necessarily. I'd say in hip hop, which is kind of the largest genre right now, there is nothing changing on the beat. The beat is literally sure. loop. <laughs> but then you have like a vocal thing happen or sure. something else happens or the feature comes on the, the second verse or whatever. Like something exciting, like where you're like, oh, that's new. Oh, that's interesting. And, like, I'm always a huge fan of, like, flying choruses. I am a fan of that. But I'm also, like, a super fan of flying choruses and then adding something that's just super barely... Super duper chorus. Barely different. 
10 ad libs. No, just like barely different. A new ad lib comes in or a new stack comes in in the back or whatever. Like Post Malone is the best of this. Like pay attention, take notes as you're listening to Post Malone's arrangements and you're going to find like those are amazing arrangements. Like those little things that come in. He's got like a new stack of a vocal thing that's in the background that you don't really hear, you just feel. And then you're like, oh, this chorus seems a little different than the last one. And I think that's super important. Just just keep ear candy coming through. And then back back to just to summarize, I think I was talking about making making your hooks repetitive, but that just goes back to everything should be repetitive. Your pre-courses should be repetitive. Using your verses should be repetitive. Like you should literally probably just keep the same melody if you're mm. you know doing anything melodic, and yeah. then change the lyrics. Yeah, you know what I mean. And just keep keep the. Um, keep heavy structure and and you know using the same things i think a lot of people try to make things different to be different but if Facts. you're trying to make radio records that's how that's how you're gonna win so i think with that said i think we can move on to the next one brad well yeah and, and this all ties together but number two production right uh, a yeah, lot of brad people was getting in there he was excited production yeah, brad, brad just, knows all about dude, that well because you know production's like i think a little misunderstood it's a lot of people think production is, oh, you program drums, you sat down on I a computer, and you, you press <laughs> keys, and you did something, right? Like I took the sample, I, I flipped it, I, I turned it saying? up. Like, I produced it. It's like, that's sound design to me. Like That's like a drum programmer to me. The production is like finding the end product. Like, what does it look like? How does it feel? What is it in the end? Like, where is it going? What is the product? You can take that idea that everyone had in the studio you can start to develop a story you can guide people where they think they did everything and really you produced it like you're producing an event or you're coordinating something to where people leave the studio and they're like man i just made the greatest song i've ever made in my life and sometimes you don't get credited for that as a producer but at the end of the day that's what a producer is you put the right people in the right room you're kind of like developing a vibe something comes out a product and then you make sure that it goes through the arrangement you know the the mixing the mastering it gets it gets in the right hands it gets put to the A&R or the publisher that you think would work good with this artist like producing and production is not just programming drums or making loops or or even fucking writing like singing or so, you know that's not production these are just like elements of the product and I think that's really important to understand in 2020 and going beyond that is that you know loop packs are not production these are these are you making something that is a part of the production and uh, a product is a production to me like an end an end uh, uh, radio, you're on the radio, what is that end thing? What is that master, that last final thing? That's the product. And a producer or maybe multiple producers had a hand in producing that product. So Let me let me talk to him. You, can get, get it, you can get into the artistic part of it. But, yeah, uh, I'm going to talk to my beat maker family. I think, produ- I think production's pretty Let's cool. talk about those beats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like uh, if if you're very familiar with radio music, it really goes in by waves. So there's a lot yeah, of waves going in and out. It's all fads. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, a certain type of beat will be very popular. Oh, you yeah. know, uh, Summer 17, like fucking uh, the... The drugged out Travis Scott vibes. No, that's still going. I, I was talking more so the island stuff, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Summer 17, that was do, going could crazy. do, could do, could do. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. So staying up with these fads, and it's, it really just takes study. So you gotta you gotta go to Billboard.com. You gotta see what's going on, and you know it, it doesn't have to be just beats and trap music. But uh, right. I'm gonna use that as an example. So you have to be very familiar. Uh, you have to check out what tempos are things at, what what genres 
are being included, you know, because there's a lot of genre bending in right. pop music, in mm. hip hop music, Agreed. in R&B. There's genre bending. At a certain point in time, R&B was literally EDM. Yeah, to me, it was. So, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. With genre bending, there's a lot of you have to understand where the influences are coming on for the hottest sounds. So you have to be kind of tapped in with what's going on. And I hate saying that because there's a lot of wave riding. And truly, if you want to be making the radio hits, you want to be you know creating the wave. And uh, that's harder. That's harder. I can't explain to you how to create the wave. Yeah, I think you know? I think a part of it is just <laughs> it's just uh, it's committing. It's yeah. like, yeah, you're familiar with what's coming out. Now you're going to go and do what you think is next or what you think would be a cool version of like what you would do in your own voice as a composer, producer, beat maker, whatever. Like, what would you do to make the next thing of what that is or or, or an iteration of it? And I think like the, the idea of just like multiplying that, like putting a CD in a duplicator and just duplicating CDs, duplicating beats like exactly how they are that's just not creative that's that has nothing to do with production that's literally like sure it is it's like manufacturing though to me it's like a manufacturing line like okay now do this over and over type beats right yeah we're talking about competing with what's on the radio and so So you gotta you gotta jump to what you think is gonna be the next thing Sure, but right? you also have to understand what's going on right now, and that's, that understanding now will tell science. you what's next. That's science for you, right? Yeah, like a good example I like to use is Diplo. Diplo, uh, he creates a lot of waves, mm-hmm. and then he jump. He knows when to jump off the wave because everyone else has already jumped on that wave that he was on. Yeah, facts. And so he's switching the wave up. But he, he does it in his voice. Yeah. You know, he does his thing. Like and he, he throws and the sure, world music yeah, yeah. twist, He's, his Diplo yeah, yeah. twist into it. Yeah. And I think that's like the, once you get to a production level where you are a producer, you can mm-hmm. do that. You can produce a product. When yeah. you're a beat maker or, I don't even think like you have to be like a beat maker or producer. I think they're one and the same. But I think if you're not necessarily a producer and you're just manufacturing or making copies of something and you don't have your own voice yet, it's yeah, you really should, hard you, for you to do that. Yeah, you should, you totally got to, you totally got to, understand the wave i don't yeah. want to say ride it but yeah you got to ride the wave a little bit so you can understand what's going on yeah you got to so practice you can those, make those techniques yeah, yeah. yeah you have to because everything builds on top of each other Facts. you know what i mean so you know like trap music didn't just come out of nowhere it's been here it used to be horns and now it's freaking drug at druggy yeah. music and and then it was going freaking rock guitars for a minute Facts. and uh, it was very rock and roll influence but that's what i'm saying you got to understand the wave so yeah so like bring this definitely brings us to number one like I find number one being songwriting. I find that you can just ride the wave and copy the wave, but you're not going to be a well-known producer. You might get your opportunity by having a great songwriter on something or artist on something that's exactly like something else and you're riding that wave, but that may or may not make you a household name as a producer it may not get you paid at all. Yep. It may get you paid up the ass. It's all in how you leverage it and it's how in, how you work with that thing because the songwriting can glue everything together. Like say you- Songwriting makes the hit. It nine makes- Nine times out of 10. Nine <laughs> times out of 10, it's like the songwriting and who's on it, right? Mm-hmm. Like Travis Scott with a great written song. And then, you know, Drake. And then, okay, what do you got? You got an explosive- Drake anything, right? And, and the beat's <laughs> no different than anything you've heard already, but- it's because the songwriting's great and you got great artists on it and it just all works together. And the production's great, you know, because it's a great product. The mixing is amazing. Jason Joshua did the mix. It came out. It's amazing. Like they promoted it right. They had mm-hmm. a good brand with it. 
I think this songwriting can be super powerful, but you do need all these other things with it. Yeah, so to kind of jump off the songwriting idea, I mean, um, this just goes back to hits in history, right? Yeah, facts. You so, can like, play it on piano and guitar, or just sing it a cappella. I mean, if it's this good, is it's good. deep. This is this is <laughs> a lot of theory, and this is where you really do got to study. It's like you know, if you're into hip hop, you gotta you gotta understand what the Beatles were doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, it's vibes, they were the man. kings of pops for a reason. If you wanna, if you wanna top the charts, uh, you have to understand what works. Uh, structures, voice leading, voice leading, yeah. um, and that, yeah. So there's just pop theory. It's a lot you, of pop theory. You have theory. to, you have to go deep on it, and you have to understand, like, uh, hey, the weekend likes to use, uh, you know, fourths and fifths, and right, that's right. why he's big. Taylor Swift likes to be on the root notes of every single hook, and does a lot of one note hooks. I mean, you just have to go deep and understand what people are gravitate to and where they get it, because every everything is built off each other kind of back to the wave writing idea but songwriting is really built off each other like yeah. you when you think the weekend you really think in michael jackson right let's yeah. keep it real i mean like, i did yeah. the, the first time i heard him and still to this day i still think michael jackson yeah so like i said it's all built off each other and that's that's how you you understand how to write great songs by studying people who wrote great songs and there is no fast way to write a great song there's many ways because it comes from many genres if we're talking pop music which is what what I assume when when I'm thinking radio music yeah so you have to really understand what are the things that gravitate to a certain type of audience to where it just you know it melds to everyone so uh with that being said you have to really study the craft you have to go back you have to understand who created the foundations of today that's why i said the beatles yeah quote unquote or michael jackson quote unquote mm -hmm. because these are foundational people within the music genre and then songwriting you have to understand how they put those songs together the types of lyricals uh, lyrical usage they're using song for song right you know and uh, also what notes they're hitting and what order using what rhythms you know what i mean right. and like all that stuff it's just it's so deep i can't even begin to start and maybe we'll just have to do a whole podcast on songwriting yeah yeah uh, well i was gonna yeah. say like you know wrapping this all up literally every single one of these has so much literature and so much history and so much to study behind it but it's ever-changing right yep. like production is ever-changing mixing is ever-changing the tools songwriting is yeah everything just keeps changing so so keep up with it Go back on the 75 other podcasts we've done and uh, you're going to learn a lot about the music business, but you'll learn a lot about, you know, rollout strategies, mixing, mastering, writing songs, production, all this stuff. And if you do want to work with us, mixing, mastering, production, uh, composition, anything like that, get in the studio, write some hits, click below. We got a link. There it is. It's for you. If you're down, you made it to the end of this podcast, so you might be down. Hit us, hit us with some comments too. I want to know which of these... Uh, are the most interesting to you that you think deserve their own podcast? Obviously, I, I personally think songwriting is one of them, but yeah, huge. We can go deep into any of these topics Arrangement, because they're shit. <laughs> these these are all like parts of you know uh, a bigger thing, which is what we talked about today, which is making a radio song. We say radio, but we really mean a hit. So yeah, everyone really wants to make hits. I think deep down. So Thanks. there you go. If you like this, if you got anything out of it, thumbs it up, comment, subscribe. We got a lot more coming. Thanks, guys.